This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, thanks for joining the To Hullenbach podcast, proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out and Old Zoological Bar. I'm your uh, host, Nathaniel Whittingham, and tonight I'm joined by two regulars, Tom and Ant. So, uh, of course, uh, last few episodes I was complaining we haven't scored a goal, but we scored two uh, the other night on Friday, so I assume both of you are absolutely chuffed with that. Yeah, yeah about time. Much more confident now, yeah. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll just get right into it um we we defeated the sky curse again i was just finding the stats for that we've only won five and 27 now but it would have been uh four and 26 beforehand so the sky curse you know maybe we're we're getting better with that and uh um a very surprising win considering the first 20 minutes was was really dire so uh tom i'll, I'll go to you first two no one against west Brom. That must be, you know, a solid thing to, to be happy about tonight. Yeah, a very a very flattering result, I think, on the basis of the performance overall. I think first 25 minutes, I don't think we had a touch in their half. Mm. Um, we could have easily been three goals down, but, um, you know, credit to Darlow coming in. Um, he kept us in the game first half an hour, and that sort of quality you bring in from the Premier League, um, you know, sometimes you need to be bailed out by a keeper. Mm-hmm. I also felt in the first 25 minutes, Benjamin Tetter was one of the only outfield players that could hold his head high. Every time he got the ball, he looked to make something happen. Um, you know, it, it, unlike Oscar, he was getting the ball to feet and lay, laying it off to a player, and he was he was really causing them problems. You know, on the rare time we did get into their their half, um, and obviously, you know, the, the goal that he scored was you know perhaps one of our best of the season so far. The way he took it, I mean, you know, left foot on his weaker foot, top right corner. Yeah. It, don't get, it don't get much better than that, you know what I mean? It's got your first goal as well. Yeah. So. I remember scoring one exactly like that uh, many years ago. 
Uh, we lost the game, but it, it went right between the post and where the bar meet, and that's basically what yeah. Tete did. So it, it reminded me of reminded me of my good old days. Um, and uh, I mean, a lot of people said that the lineup was a a strange one um, before you know the kickoff. And um, initially, the first twenty minutes, I think, probably proved that. And then Slater went down with an injury, um, got back up again. But Rossini did some tactical switches. So you know, how bad was the first twenty minutes? And how do you think it, it changed with that switch? Yeah, it was it, it was really bad the first 20 minutes. I thought it was going to be one of those games where we're going to get two or three put past us. We just couldn't get a foot on the, on the ball at all. I think I, I, I put a message in our group saying I think it, we had about 5% possession or something like that, and that's probably mm. heading the ball away or something. Yeah. They, were, they were in full control for the first 20 minutes. They were passing it around us for fun. Uh, the press didn't seem to be working. It was disorganised, and they were, they were pressing in ones rather than as a team. Now, I think that the eyebrows are raised at the team selection because, you know, you've got um, wingers on the... Oscar was dropped, obviously, top scorer, but hasn't scored for a few games, so maybe justified. Um, playing Slater out wide. I know I'm I'm not a big fan of him playing out wide because as, as much as you get 90 minutes of graft from him, um, he's, he's, he's not really a wide player, so he's a lot better in the middle. I think we waste a bit of Slater when he's out there. But like Rosinia said, he tried to match them in a... Because they drop into... They, they, they become a back three when they've got the ball. And he wanted to try and, and and set up in a way that countered that, so we could press them and keep um, put pressure on them. But um, he admitted that maybe Tete is not up to the standard at the minute, where you know he's not used to this style of pressing, especially not on his own. Mm. So the breaking play when they got the team together at the touchline, he, he switched things about, moved Slater central, and when they were pressing, it was Slater and Tete pressing together up top, and it and it obviously caused them a lot more problems. And we actually looked a bit more organised in that way. And, mm. It helped us get that that foothold in the game. And like we say, Tete's goal sort of was the game changer. I thought from that point onwards for the first half, we were much the better side, considering the first 20 minutes were abysmal. And then second half, it were a bit even. Um, you know, they, they mm. obviously were ultimately going to throw the kitchen sink at us after the second goal. But we we held strong, which we've been proving under Rosinia we can do. And um, yeah, the defence were fantastic. And I thought Darlow for his home debut was 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 brilliant, I think. One point that a lot of people maybe wanted Darlow in for was his distribution was mm-hmm. perhaps better than Ingram. And I'd not really seen Darlow play, so I couldn't really say that he was better than Ingram in a distribution sense. But some of the passes he made in those game in that game were, I mean, there was one where he played a crossfield pass to Elder, for, mm-hmm. and it sort of curled around a, a West Brom player, and he, he was able to just take it in his stride and run up the pitch. So I think that sort of quality that he brings is why we wanted to bring him in and. It'll be exciting to see if he can continue that kind of form for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think I, I'd agree with all of that. I guess if you bring in a Premier League goalkeeper, he's been in training with some of the best players, not just other goalkeepers, but you know maybe he's learned a few things off when Shelby was at Newcastle or that sort of thing, or you know the, some of the better players have got at the moment, maybe Bruno Gimaraes or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, the goal came from Tete and Slater pressing, didn't it? Um, you know, West Brom had to clear the ball up. Elder had ahead of him and it um, transpired. And, you know, goals changed games. I know these Sky Sports pundits were sort of struggling with defining, because it wasn't a game of two halves. It's more of a, a half of, of two quarters, I think they called it. Um, so, yeah, uh, that goal was was really important. Um, of course, we've you mentioned uh, Oscar hasn't scored in a long time, maybe seven or eight games. Um, I guess, obviously, we should, you know, have Tete in for the next game. Having someone who can hold the ball up, I think, is extremely important because I don't think Oscar's even that good of it, uh, good at that. So, uh, Tom, just how important was it to have 
as you mentioned, he was one of the few players that was playing well for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, because I think with, with Oscar, he's played a lot of football this season and I think it's been telling in recent weeks. Um, and I think it's Oscar, you can never fault his pressing and his work rate, but when it's not backed up by the, the other players, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's, you know, it's not really effective. Um, as you saw in the first sort of half an hour, Teddy was pressing and, you know, the, the rest of the team weren't sort of on the same wavelength. But like I touched on there, like once we changed it and put Slater central, I think that sort of, sort of galvanised the team was able to press higher and sort of cause more problems. But I think, yeah, it's, it's very important to sort of have that that player that we could bring off the bench in, in Oscar. But obviously, you know, Tete is coming to the team. I think, you know, he's, he's shown what he can do now centrally. So I think, obviously, at the start of the season was playing him out wide because, you know, Oscar was scoring loads of goals. But I think in terms of, you know, what Tete's shown now since he's come back from suspension is that, you know, he's, he's a great striker. I think, you know, I think we're capable of dropping for the next game now. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, it'd be very, it's, it's crucial to how we play. And I think Oscar will have to sort of bide his time to get back in. But, you know, yeah. maybe this rest will do Oscar a world of good. And we've <laughs> also seen that them two can probably play together as well. But it's just about getting sort of the right mould. Um, and, you know, yet to see the best that, you know, out of some of our players like Malcolm, um, you know, and we've got Ali to come back. So it'll be interesting to see how we sort of set up when we've got a lot of options, you know, in the forward line. He scores. I think the thing with Oscar is he seems like he's going to be a striker, isn't he, that scores in patches. You have oh, the yeah. strikers who don't score consistently throughout the season, but will score for like six games in a row and then not score for ten. And then score for another six yeah. in a row and not score. Yeah, I think Oscar's going to be one of those like players. One in, one in two or one in three games. But I think if you you told me the start of the season, but he's on like 12 goals now. I think yeah. you, you'd have taken that. It's just how they've come. Because I think he scored in his first six, he scored like seven goals. So it feels like he's not scored that many since that yeah. sort of, you know, purple patch at the start of the season. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's the way I think Rossini wants to play that maybe where, you know, Oscar gets let down in that sense. Because um, Oscar's that sort of striker that feeds off the service. Whereas um, we, you know, we, we like to play with like sometimes inverted wingers so he doesn't get the service into the box. But, yeah. you know, I think, yeah. It gives us well, options I... as well, though, doesn't it? Because you've got Tete, you've got Oscar now, you've got, um, which we didn't have earlier on in the season. I, I would say one of our biggest Achilles heels is is putting the ball in the back of the net. Like we show, we've got the third best defense in the league since Rosini has come in. If we'd have yeah. scored like one goal in in majority of the games we've had, we'd be so we'd be in the top six. So yeah. it's, we've got to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. And when you're playing, obviously Oscar was the only real striker we had at the at the time. And when he gets to a point where you know, the service is either lacking or, or the players behind him aren't creating him enough and then he's not scoring goals. The team struggles to score goals. So now that Tete is in and proven what he can do in terms of being a focal point and holding the ball up, you've now got a, an added string to your bow where, you know, if Tete is not working out and you want to be a bit more direct and get in the faces and press, you've got Oscar there now for the, you know, last 15 minutes of the game or a team where you want to harass him a bit more, you start with him. There's, there's options now, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and of course we saw just the uh, you know the boost in uh, Oscar's performances along with uh, Connolly, and um, yeah, he he hadn't scored in a long time. I guess the the previous time he had a bit of difficulty when he missed a penalty against Sunderland. He scored in his next four, so maybe when Oscar does come back into the team, he's obviously got a, a point to prove because he's you know definitely been dropped. It wasn't a, a fitness thing, I don't think. So um, you know, dropping him for Tete, hopefully that will 
you know, motivate Oscar to, you know, think, well, I have only scored a few goals since that, you know, glut in the first part of the season. We really need to improve on that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, we just saw how important, you know, it's always important for a striker to get his first goal, whether it's the first game or months uh, later. But it was just so important to him, I think, yeah. especially I think um, the emotion of uh, losing his friend Christian Atsu in the earthquake. So you mentioned that in the yeah. press conference today. I think that was a, a really lovely moment for him. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can see many more lovely moments with him scoring goals in the future. Are you going to jump in, Tom? I think with Teddy as well, that I think it was great management from Rossini because you, you look at, uh, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you know, other teams in this division will be seeing Oscar, look, he's our top scorer, one of the top scorers in the championship. Rossini has gone there, obviously took him out and people will probably think, you know, why is he doing that? And But obviously the, there's a re- reason for that. He's not been on form recently and it obviously takes a, sort of strong manager to sort of, you know, drop your top scorer. Um, you know, I think it, it's come at the right time as well for Oscar just to have a, bit, a little bit of a rest, a bit of a break, mm-hmm. recharge, and then hopefully come back into the team firing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that. I mean, of course, uh, Oscar, he just scores in those bunches and, um, yeah, it's difficult. He hasn't really scored any uh, sort of, you know, as Ian said, they're really difficult goals. It's just those ones in the six-yard box. So hopefully we do see the best of him again uh, quite soon. Uh, I mean, I guess, is there anything else to mention against West Brom? I was going to say, actually, you reminded me, um, of course, Vecinia's management was really positive, I guess, having that plan B that we had to change even 20 minutes into a game. Um, I know McCann's been discussed a fair bit. He's, he's perhaps going to be the manager of Oxford and going to be managing uh, Tyler Smith and Brendan Fleming again. Um, but McCann, one of the things we said about him that was that he didn't have a plan B. But clearly, you know, Racine, even young into his managerial careers, you know, he's not got too much pride to, you know, if he sees that uh, we're not playing very well, he is going to change it. So, and do you think that's, you know, one really positive, encouraging aspect we've got um, with Racine? Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. Um, the, 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 we've, we've, in the last few seasons, because even, even Avaladzi never really changed anything. And, mm. I think it, it's important to get your substitutions right as well, and and he's not going to get them right all the time, and they're not going to get your starting lineup right all the time. But like 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 you say, under McCann, our problem was that every game we'd start with the same system, the same approach Four, to the three, game. Three. Yeah, we, we, that would be it, and and if it didn't work, then then that was it because you, you'd make like for like changes, and the system doesn't change. The the opposition are just you know used to how we play throughout that game now, and it's easy for them. Whereas Rosini has showed, because what makes a manager good is being able to adapt. So you you have to you have to treat every opposition differently. So it's like I've been looking into Coventry. Obviously, we'll get onto Coventry later. But Mark Robbins is a manager. He sets up differently depending on what team he's facing. Sometimes you have two up front. Sometimes he goes with one up front. You've got mm-hmm. to have these different systems and the, the players to to execute your tactical um, vision to to obviously get the best out of the players that you've got. Um, and Rosini is showing that, like you say, he's, he's he's very very short into his managerial career, and he's showing that he's not he's not um, scared to to drop your top striker for somebody who's not scored all seasons, come in and made an instant impact. He's not scared to change his system halfway through the game. Um, you know, he's very honest. He knows he holds his hands up when he says, you know, maybe I set up wrong and and I changed it to do it this way. But that's what you want to see as a fan. He's taking you know responsibility for the decisions he's made and acts upon it. Rather than you know coming out in the press and being a bit um, stubborn and, and, and saying that mm. 
this this is my way get used to it kind of thing which we got used to for a couple of years um yeah but yeah this all bodes well for the future and i'm just thinking you know next season i know we got carried away this season with the amount of signings we made and i don't think we'll make as many in the summer it'll probably be a bit of a trimmer and get a couple in that rosinia wants but if this side gets the players that Rosinia really wants and it becomes his side, you know, and he, and he knows exactly what each player offers and all the different systems he can use, you know, next season might be a, a far more positive one building on what we've established this season under him already. Yeah, the world's his oyster, I think, if he gets his own signings because he's shown that he can adapt, you know, he's pragmatic with his decision-making as well. I think the way he sets us up, I think it's the right way to play. Um, Ultimately, I think when when he came into the team, he was questioning whether whole City can play out the back of the players we've got. But I think he's shown there that he's brought McLaughlin to the team. Jones is now a mainstay. These two can both play with the ball at the feet at the back. He's not afraid to make the big big decisions, like I said there as well. He's dropped Greaves, who people see as our best centre half, or the outsider certainly think I is destined for a Premier League move. But I think there, that's you know, it shows that I think when you bring a style like that into the club, you know, like playing out from the back. I think, um, you know, we thought we didn't have the players, but I think Rossini has had that belief in his own players. And I think, you know, if we carry that belief on and sort of make the sign as he wants, then who knows what we can achieve next season. Yeah, I think I shared um, on the podcast account, I shared obviously second tier. Um, they were talking yes. about the kind of job that Rossini was doing. And I think we don't actually give Rossini enough credit for how much better we've been defensively since he's come in, I think we've kind yeah. of just gone. Oh yeah, we've considered it's the worst in the worst in England. I think twenty-one yeah, places. We had, better, we had our goal difference was nearly minus twenty or something like that when he came in. We had yeah. easily the worst defense in the league. We were conceding two or three a game, um, and you know, for somebody who's not been in management really um, to come in and make an instant turnaround to go from the worst defense in the league to the third best in the same amount of games with pretty much the same players, only changing one or two players. Just shows, you know, how he's been in, in training, how he gets his point across to the players, how he man manages, how he gets his system across. He obviously has done amazing, and I think we, we should probably be a bit uh, more wax lyrical yeah. about uh, how good we've been because it, well, it was their faces on the video how surprised they were about you know nine goals or something we've conceded since he's come in, which is mad. Uh, who was it that commented very early on when just and uh, maybe when we'd won against Wigan or Birmingham, perhaps that Rossini could be a future England manager? I mean, you know, may, maybe that's how good we should be. You know, saying Everyone's that he start is. somewhere. Well, indeed, yeah. you know, I wouldn't mind uh, the England manager if we're getting dominated by Germany or whoever changing the system in, in twenty minutes and going on to win the World Cup. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, but of course, I'd rather he, you know, got us promoted first. Um, I, think I guess with, the other thing with oh, as well. I think as a fan, when you when when your club appoints a manager, you want to be able to look at that manager and say, "I can see him being in charge of us for the next four or five years." Like yeah. you want long term management, stability, uh, and identity. Well, Watford. Um, you know, yeah, definitely not Watford. Um, but. With Rosinia, like as I sit here now, I can see him being here for a long time. And there's people, there's people commenting saying if we're not challenging top six late on in the season, he might be under you know pressure. I don't think he is. I think I'd no just, chance. No, no, uh, not a chance. But the, the thing is, Rosinia, like with how he is, how he loves the city, how he is with the players, what he's shown, he's probably going to be even more on more radars of you know bigger clubs that are looking down the line at replacements mm-hmm. at some point. They'll be they'll be taking note of his progress as manager of this club. Oh, but he's rubbish then. For a while. If anyone's listening, he's, <laughs> he's absolute yeah. garbage. Yeah, have McCann instead. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, it, it, it's really positive, isn't it? 
Yeah, there's another one one more player that can sort of sit hold hold his head high after the performance. Probably Louis Coyle. I think he's he's a player that sort of come under a lot come under a lot a lot of scrutiny in his time at the club. Well, certainly since you know we got promoted to the championship, but I think he showed like in that performance that you know part and you know passion because I set you a long way. Whereas we're not seeing that recently with Christie. Um, I think his performance has been quite low in, in the past few weeks. Um, you know, since that the, he's goal against Cardiff, he's not really hit the heights. But I think with Louis Coyle, he's always someone that's going to play 110. Um, percent And you know, he's not necessarily got the quality, but I think he's he's someone that you know wears that on his sleeve, and you need them sort of players in your team. And you know, I think now you know he's took his chance, I guess. You know, in Christie's absence, but um, it's you know be interesting to see. If, you know, Christie comes straight back into the team, you know, once he's back, you know, from his injury. So, but I think, yeah, Louis Coyle was, was quite impressive with his performance, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Elder as well. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was just going to say a, a team with Elder, Longman, uh, Coyle, and then Teto, who's not scored all season, and, and Simons, who's come in for, for Seri, who's obviously one of our best players. I think that just shows maybe Rossini is able to improve these, these players that we have. Um, these players have come under a lot of criticism, but the fact they can you know, buy into the system and just have that grit and determination, which is sometimes all you need. Um, and, you know, didn't have a lot of the ball against West Brom, especially in the first half. You know, sometimes that's that's what you need to get points in the championship. And we're a strong, solid team, which we weren't under Arthur Lanza and, you know, weren't under McCann for a fair bit. So, yeah, I mean, he's improved us in pretty much every way, except perhaps... As Ant uh, said, uh, goal scoring. I guess speaking of goal scoring, um, one thing which would have been really lovely for uh, McLaughlin to be you know, rewarded with a goal. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to go down as a an own goal. But I think I can't remember who it was, but someone recently said where our corners have been pretty rubbish. So to score from a corner, you know, once in a while, that's also a positive. Yeah, so yeah, but, I mean, McLaughlin's been yeah, was, great. Yeah. As soon as we get a corner, well, we don't really have much hope, do we? So well, I think it was probably when I went to the Preston game and I was with my friend and um, uh, we absolutely hate two on corners because usually his uh, are absolutely, tri- uh, you know, woeful, but it was right into the right spot and, uh, you know, so good that uh, even the West Brom defender couldn't get out of the way and it went into the net and that was a, a big goal to sort of, um, I wasn't really able to celebrate it. I was, spent the whole second half trying to get the Wi-Fi to work so I, I listened to like five minutes of the game and watched a different five minutes. It was a, a very annoying time, but a, a really great three points. And uh, finally, we, we got some goals. So I uh, guess some more positive news. Siri and Pelkas have been in training all week. Um, and Christian Woods are also back on the grass. And uh, Koval apparently is also making a, a quicker recovery, but he won't be back this season. So we have this part of the podcast every week. Oh, isn't it good that we've got some players coming back from injury? I mean, who, who's going to get injured next? We should just do whole city injury bingo because it yeah. looked like <laughs> Tete he, he was in a, a, like a boot brace, wasn't he? So um, yeah, but it's never going to be long, man. He's he's always fine. <laughs> unfortunately, I think, I think, for everyone else, I think he's being a bit more cautious now when he's bringing players back. Um, yeah. The players that are injured don't tend to be the ones who have just come back from injury. They tend to be ones that were already in the side. Like um, I think Aliar was the last one to come back and then go straight back out once he. But yeah. um, well, I think as well. it's nice to see Aliar back as well. Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He looked he looked full of energy towards the end of the game because um, it was more yeah. of a defensive um, role that he was having to play press from the front kind of thing, wasn't it? But yeah, I think I think Rosie. Um, I mean, he says it pretty much now. It's, it seems to be a, a mainstay line in most of his press conferences. We're not going to bring him back too quickly. I think he yeah. learned from obviously bringing Aliar on against Wigan. That that starting 
when he started against them and went straight back off injured, I think he's, he's probably going to be a bit more hesitant to bring him on. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has said that so many times. And I think given the absolutely atrocious injury record that we have, um, and um, and Shep's talked about the article about um, the pitch and maybe looking at that. Uh, and I think that's an easy thing to say, or oh, the pitch isn't very good. That's why we, you know, the training pitch, that's why we have so many uh, injuries. That makes yeah, yeah, it's the, the rugby team's fault. Um, I was just talking to the uh, a commentary fan and he said the exact same thing. They had the issue with the poor rugby pitch, um, you know, what it done in the Commonwealth Games at the start of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't want to offend all the rugby fans listening, but it, it's not ideal, I guess. Um, certainly not the best thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just we signed a lot of foreign players who weren't used to the league and signed a lot of players that were injured already. You know, Salah and, and um, Traore and uh, Ebi Ray. Just, you know, maybe if we'd stop signing people who we knew were already injured, we'd probably have a bit of a, a better injury record and a cynic as well. Um, so, I mean, hopefully we're, we're, we're getting a little bit better with the injuries and, and lots more players coming back. But I think until you have that trimming uh, summer transfer window, as I mentioned, before we're going to still have a lot uh, to the end of the season. Um is there anything else to mention about West Brom or, or shall we move on to another tough game against Coventry City? Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Tigers Trust if there's anyone watching them. Um, obviously, my eldest was a uh, mascot for the day and it was absolutely brilliant. Like, it was, she she had the time of life. I thought she'd be overwhelmed, but the staff, staff were so good with all the kids. So, if there's anyone watching who's ever contemplating making your kid a mascot of the match day, do it. It's great. Yeah, really another good. person that got a picture of Logman before, the final, I think, as well, on it. Well, I didn't get a picture I'm of him. Jealous. I was in the same room as him as he autographed it, uh, gave autographs to the mascots. I didn't get a picture with him. I got a picture of those, and though I, I, that was a must. I, that was my aim of yeah. the night because I needed one, a selfie just to compare. And I don't look anything like him, so you're all wrong. Yeah. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, maybe if I've got five minutes, I'll put it on um, towards the end of the show. But um, I'm so poorly prepared, I don't have that. I've got some other exciting images to show you regarding uh, uh, the game oh. at Coventry City last season. And you <laughs> oh, can no, probably go on. You can, well, Jacob yeah. proves goal line clear well, inside. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think uh, you might be right with that. Um, so... Uh, well, shall we just move straight on to it? Uh, Coventry City uh, are eighth in the table and eighth in the home table. And that's, uh, you know, always a relevant thing. Uh, you know, how are, good are they away from home or at home? We're going to the CBS Arena. I think they've had 
you know, well, 10, 11 clean sheets there this season, and their defence is really good. Uh, Wilson, their goalkeeper, he's kept 17 clean sheets. Um, obviously, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the uh, in the league. So it's going to be a really tough test. So um, Tete got a goal. Tom, do you think he can repeat the the same thing, or do you think it might be a uh, you know a very um, tight game with few goals in it against Coventry? Yeah, I think you know we're we're certainly not that, that, you know high on the scorers list, and obviously Coventry you know tight defensively, so if you'd, mm. you'd offer to be a nil nil draw, I'd probably take it. But you know I think we'll go down with confidence, and we'll we'll play on the front foot. And um, but I think what impressed me about the West Brom game. It, was the fact that we could put on the counter attack, we didn't have to sort of dominate possession, and now we've got like Teddy up front. You know, he's got a, a bit of pace about him, strength. I think you know we we can actually sit back because of our strong defence and sort of you know allow teams to come onto us and then hit them on the on the break. Whether Coventry will do that and sort of try and dominate is yet to be seen. But I think you know we've got you know it shows that we're quite versatile in terms of you know what we're you know how we play. So I think. I'd like us to sort of sort of sit back a little bit and you know instead of trying to dominate and mm-hmm. you know try and catch them on the breaks. I think that could be you know what what would uh, what could win us the game. Yeah, I mean I, I don't really see it being anything other than no no. I think I've predicted that the last few <laughs> games and uh, I mean our our defence has been so good and theirs is so good. Um, of course, Victor Gjorkares, um, the Swedish uh, striker, he, he's a fantastic player, apparently. Um, the fan, uh, Ken, I spoke to from Sky Blue Fans TV yesterday. Check out the episode I did yesterday. It's on YouTube and everywhere. Um, he said the uh, ceiling is very high um, for uh, that player, so he could be a danger. But then they've got a fair few injuries in midfield, so it, it might be a game of little attacking quality and creativity. So, Ant, how do you see it going? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because Coventry have got a lot of players out injured, yet they're still on fire. Um, obviously, they, they beat Huddersfield 4-0. I mean, Huddersfield is second bomb, so it's not, you know, something that's beyond the realms of expectation. But um, it, it'll be a, it'll be a massive test for the partnership of Jones and Macca. Um, I think facing someone like Jokerez is going to be an interesting battle. Um, I don't know, because with Coventry, I don't think they're really a side that want to have the ball too much. They're like us. They want to play, well, yeah. like we used to be, want to play on the counter. So I think it'll be one of those games where we probably have quite a bit of the ball. Um, it's it's going to be a case of, uh, I mean, who does he play? Does he keep the same team? I imagine he will because we won. Uh, yeah. But you might have in mind Burnley on Tuesday you know, in midweek. So, you know, it's it's... <sighs> It'll be. It'll definitely be a tight game. I, I can't see us getting absolutely tonked. Um, watch us lose four 0 now. But um, I, I would definitely take a point. Um, I think a point would be nice. But realistically, we don't. I mean, the playoffs are still technically within reach. But I think it's beyond us this season. Well, We're not how long is that reach? It's ten <laughs> points. That's a long reach. No, it's it is um, a long reach. <laughs> Inspector I mean, Gadget Escalons. Huh? That's the thing about the yeah, championship yeah. this season. All you need is like two or three good results in a row, and you're straight back in it, aren't you? So. Um, but for me, I would just like us to see Rosie try and experiment, just try and see what this what what this side can do, who can play where, just for the rest of the season, just you know, pretty much find out everything he needs to know about this side in a competitive sense, so that next season he knows who he needs to keep, who is going to be crucial to what we're doing, um, and and hopefully just maybe just take your foot off the gas for a bit, no more pressure, we're not going to go down, um, and just just, just you know. T- yeah, it's a game. It's a it's a game away at a team that are, you know probably going to be in playoff contention for the rest of the season. Go out there and show them what you can do. You know, make a real statement. And you like you say, Rosie was telling us before, why not dream? Go for it. That's what you're meant to do as fans. So if we can come away with 
from Coventry with three points. You know, you've got Burnley then at home. We're really good at home at the minute. And then, you, you know, we all start getting carried away again, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I'd get carried away. We'd probably still be eight or nine points off the playoffs, but uh, it'd be nice to get a win there. Um, Tom, do you think a win is likely at all? Because I really don't see it. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe um, so he would come back in, but if, if neither team is used to having the ball, do you think when it drops in the midfield, no one's going to challenge for it and not just stay there, you know, unmoved? I doubt I it. Think, but... I think with uh, it's really hard to say. You know, I think against West Brom, we didn't play too well, to be honest. I think you two 0 flattered us really. I think second half much improved. Um, I think we had to be much improved from that game in order to get something out of the Coventry one, um, mm -hmm. especially away from home. Um, but it'll be a it'll be a hard, a tough game, no doubt. Obviously, the right place, <clears throat> you know, challenging the playoffs. So yeah. we don't expect to have an easy ride. But I think we do have the quality in attack now you know, that can sort of hurt Coventry. You know, I think in terms of Teddy now, you know, maybe he's, he's galvanised after that goal. Maybe he can nick one. But yeah, but it'd be interesting to see how we sort of set up mm -hmm. again. Like, you know, we probably will start with the same team, like. But yeah, we need to start yeah. well, don't we? I think we've not started yeah. well in weeks. We start poorly yeah. and then kind of grow back into it. Have to change. Yeah. yeah, we need to we need to start on the front foot. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Tom, you mentioned uh, not having an easy ride. Uh, it has been an easy ride to away games for a lot of people. Agent's been really good with the coaches, and Leeds commented that there's going to be another thirty coaches going to commentary. But Ant, you mentioned that there was some controversy surrounding buying tickets for the coaches. So <laughs> I haven't got a clue what this is all about, really. So. So why don't you you take it away? Explain explain yourself. Well, I wouldn't say it's con it's just a, a, a divisive topic, obviously online at the minute. I mean, it's controversy. We want the vitriol. That's how we get the likes. <laughs> Adjun has, has obviously done the very nice gesture of um, yeah. pretty much giving us free travel for the rest of the season. Um, if you can obviously use Tiger Travel, um, but they've 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 just put a post out saying that now you can only get a Tiger Travel seat if you have a ticketed account. So I think mm -hmm. that. I believe that means that you have to have bought the tickets to have the seat. So you can probably only buy the number of seats that correlates how many tickets you bought. I think I that would make sense. I thought that was already the case anyway, to be honest. All people I thought would assume yeah, it would be. Yeah, I, I assumed it would be, but I, I get the impression that they've done this. They must have done it because it was being taken advantage of. I think, I, I mean, I don't know. Apparently, there's been trouble in some coaches. Um, probably to i mean there has been some trouble in away games um so he's probably you know thinking we need to try and either find a way to identify who's doing what or um try and reduce that um because it, it would be a shame if we have you know such a nice gesture for everybody to go to away games to do and, and you know people either take advantage or ruin that so if the club's yeah. doing it do it i mean I, there, there's a few people that aren't happy or can't understand why they're doing it but like I said, at the end of the day, it's still free away travel. So if you're going, you just you just buy your ticket and you get your tiger travel. There's, yeah, there's nothing really to complain sense. about. End of the day, it's it's free. You, you've, we've still got free travel, so mm -hmm. you can't really yeah. complain, can you? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess uh, another thing to mention, um, of course, it was a lovely 2-0 win um, against Coventry around a similar time last season. So I've got some images to harken back to a, a really good moment. And of course... I'm not talking about the uh, Greaves scoreline clearance. I'm talking about the fact that Longman scored an absolute worldy goal from a corner, volleyed in off the bar. Uh, Which he actually also... did quite often that season. 
He did. He did it about, well, you know, three or four times. I mean, here you go. Yeah. This is the iconic image um, for audio listeners. Sorry, but it's the uh, Jacob Greaves blocking the goal with um, his back, like the back of his head, looking the other way. Uh, commentary fans were absolutely livid that the goal hadn't been given, but uh, goal line technology, of course, said that it hadn't gone in. Uh, I mentioned that to the commentary fan last night. Again, please watch the preview. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't best pleased about that one either. But uh, that was a really great moment. It's a shame. I think Will had a power cut, so he's just in the pub at the moment. Um, but uh, he's not able to um, remember because, uh, of course, Jacob Greaves is, you know, he's his favourite player, I'd say. But, of course, my favourite player, Longman, got a goal. So, so yeah, you know, some good in, memories. In relation to that as well, there was, a, there was a, a commentary fan on Twitter who was just had, like, the City fan base on strings, pretending yes. to be a City fan, apologising to all Coventry players about this blatant cheating. <laughs> he had the entire fan base on strings. It was quite funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I mean, it's goal line technology, isn't it? It could be wrong. Well, I think it's, I think, goal line technology, since it the came ball in... The ball has to be over the line, so even a tiny bit yeah. of ball is on the line. It's not a goal. That's That's yeah. the law. Yeah. Of course, none of the ball was touching the line either. It was just yeah. that so like, over, overhung. You know, it was um, you know a really good moment. But um, well, obviously, think... if it's against us, we'd be probably be limited there. Let's let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, of course. That. But it was. Yeah. <laughs> we'll enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. At least it wasn't a you know a cup final or a really controversial you know a big big <laughs> game, a big important yeah. game. Uh, I guess. Um, what else was I going to say? Well, Lee mentions that it was a great night on Monday evening, uh, uh, an evening with Liam Rossini at the Himkham yeah. Stadium. Did I mean, I didn't go. Did you I mean, I didn't go, go, and? I didn't so go. I guess no. we don't know what happened. Everyone was saying, everyone was saying get good things online. What? Everyone was saying good things online about it, wasn't they? Oh, yeah. Marvellous. I mean, of course, we, we've waxed lyrical about Rossini. He always speaks very well in the interviews, and I think he's probably had a fair few sort of I don't know, almost touchy subjects to talk about. He always comes across very sensible. So I'm, I'm sure there were some lovely stories. And of course, not only just great stories, because we we're playing West Brom. That was a, the last, the uh, maybe the only team they scored against the whole. Some great stories, I'm sure, of his time managing and and playing, you know, in perhaps the best whole city team ever. Definitely, right, getting into Europe and uh, the FA Cup final. So, of course, a great time. Now, I hope both of you were very excited because it's time for... The best part of the podcast. It's the combined lineup, and uh, I've gone four four two for this one. Yeah, so uh, this, oh, is this is definitely this is my most controversial yeah. so far. So Wilson is in goal. Gustavo Hamer left. Gustavo Hamer left mid. Well, okay. Let let me explain. Uh, let me explain. Right. <laughs> okay. Um. For, well, Wilson's in goal because um he's got the most clean sheets as a goalkeeper this season. He's the commentary one. Uh, Bidwell. He's got a few assists at left back. McLaughlin and McFadden. Uh, you got to have a, a hole and a commentary defender. Both teams are very good defensively. Right back, Christie's injured. I agree, Coyle, with, the, I agree with the defence. I'll give you that. Yeah, Dabo I can't put Coyle in. Darbo is fine, I guess. Slater, right wing, because wingers. I couldn't put Longman in because you know he'd lynch me. Um, and then I guess Tufan and Surrey midfield. I guess it's narrow, but Hamer's not supposed to be left mid. Perhaps you Just could put, put two. Put Hamer there. in the middle, in, you know, hold the midfield, then put Slater in behind. But yeah, I guess uh, so. Where's the commentary midfielders? Is all. Gurkiras can probably play on the wing, and then of course has opinion up front. Um, I mean, these are very difficult because you can't put Tete up front. Really, it's not 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 really. Why not? And then, 
Well, because he's only got the one goal. Uh, I, I, I don't really think that would work, you know, to say he's definitely better than Oscar. But would you start him above Oscar against Coventry? Yeah, I probably would start so him. So I, I guess he probably should be in the team. <laughs> but, you know, these are really difficult. I did seriously consider putting Longman in because he's the only... <laughs> Did well, you know really, what? Out of the two okay teams, he did okay. out of the two teams, he's the only recognised winger that like isn't injured or, or, or is playing. So really, he sort of would have to go in. I'm actually very uh, surprised you didn't mention about Longman's um, improved performance against West Brom because he actually got I didn't see much of it. Standing ovation. Well, he went. Well, off I mean, the, he went off the pitch at the East Stand, and as he walked around, the entire stadium yeah, stood up as they should. Stuff. As they should, to be honest. As you know, they right? should, yeah. Future Ballon d'Or winner deserves a bit more respect than he gets, I think. Um, but yeah, of course, of course he played really well. Yeah, I mean, he, he really he needs a goal. In, uh, he was pitching in Attic after the game as well, nightclub. So. Oh, okay. I, I may have got a picture of him. Like, so yeah. Well, deservedly, yeah, you know, celebrating a, a good yeah. performance. Um, yeah, so, of course, uh, I hadn't remembered this, but there's actually another game to look forward to. I haven't done a combined lineup for Burnley because it would just be 11 Burnley players. They have 76 points <laughs> from 35 games. They're cantering towards a league title win. Um, the only notes I've put are Burnley, good, top league Wednesday. We're playing on Wednesday. So, um, presumably, we're just going to get thumped, right? They're Burnley. Uh, I, well, look, if Blackpool can get a draw hit, against them, a hit, like, I think we could grind out a nil-nil, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, it's it's on Sky. Um, we did just beat West Brom on Sky, but you know, all of the things are, are working against us. Think, know, supernatural I, and statistical. I know that obviously the the common, uh, you know, obviously the the quality they've got in the team, you know. But I think because we've across the season, because we've seen play that much, maybe that'll work in our favour. You know, maybe because set up in a way that will make it harder for them to score. Yeah. Um, I know that obviously Blackpool obviously got a point against them, um, and I think with the way with the players that we've got on the break, why why can't we just sit back, circle a bit of pressure, and hit them? But yeah, mm-hmm. we we probably expect to lose, but I reckon we will give them a good game. Yeah. Um, It'd be a, a big know. show of uh, you know how much for seniors improved the team. I mean, of course, it's not like we got thumped under Arvaladze. Um, he's probably one of the few managers to get a point um, at Burnley this season. I'm not sure if that's true. I don't know how good they are at home if they've lost a few games. But, uh, you know, I think we probably should have been battered that um, in uh, August. Was it like the, the third or the fourth game? Maybe the fourth game? Yeah. Uh, Aliar's last one before his big injury. Was, I think first half we played really well in that game as well. And mm-hmm. obviously Aliar went off and it sort of fell apart a bit, but we managed to yeah. get a point. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'd definitely take another 1-1. One, one. Of course, you scored oh. that night, Ant. Yeah, yeah. You need you need to put this photo up because it's not true. Um, uh, well, big... you talk for five minutes and I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, like Tom said, it's a free hit. This team are clearly the best side of the league. They might as well put the C next to the name now. They're not going to get caught. Um, no. It's it's one of these where it's the kind of game where I actually fancy us for something because if you flip the men, so if you. If you're a Burnley fan now, this is the kind of season where, and you'll you can you'll get this with any of the top six sides. They hate playing sides in the bottom half at this point in the season because they're always harder games because people are usually, you know, either fighting for their lives or fighting to get into the top half. Yeah. And obviously, Burnley at some point, I mean, the thing is, you've just got to limit how many chances they have because yeah, they create so many chances because he's he completely incorporated his own 
um, Pep Guardiola tactical style. Uh, the transformation has been incredible. You've gone from Sean Dyche ball, yeah. ball, Rick ball, to, to sort of tiki taka in the championship. It's they get about mad. 70 80 percent possession every game, so yeah. you know they, they, they get to a point where they just create so many chances that they even if they put 10 percent of them chances away, they still won 3 0. So it's going to be the kind of game where you're going to need all 11 players absolutely on the ball from the first minute to the last. Organisation, um, attention, everything. you just got to be on the ball, aren't you? But if you can nick a goal and then you've got something to hold on to, you never know, do you? I mean, like we say, Blackpool got something from them and they've been awful in recent weeks. So mm-hmm. um, whether or not that might inspire them to sort of pick their game up a bit against us, I don't yeah. know. But we, we've not got any pressure on us. Um, like I say, we're, we're not going to go down we're unlikely to get the top six. The players might might be up for it, might fancy themselves testing them against what's probably, you know, the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. take a point, I'm, though, absolutely. I'm, I'm a bit scared of you saying we can't go down. We went down with 45 points a few years ago yeah. and uh, we were in a very good position then. So Are I you telling me that, that, that you're seeing the same from this side that you saw under... No, of course not. Uh, I just don't no. think we should rule anything out, you know? Mm. No, the key, the, uh, that... that that capitulation has already been man. taken by QPR this season. Mm. Well, I guess with the They're injuries, if 20. everyone got injured, we'd be in a big trouble then. But uh, Long- Longman would score well, would he? And we'd be fine on the final day. A nice 1 0 win. <laughs> Luton, well, isn't I'm, it? I'm dancing around in my uh, traffic curl again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, keep talking. I'm still looking for the picture for the lovely viewers. Uh, um, so, Burnley, they're a good team. Yeah, yeah. a bit more. Di- it needs to be a mo- bit more dynamic than that. Here we go. Um, just give me two minutes to save it. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, just. Uh, I mean, it'll I probably guess... all depend on how we play against Coventry too. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we've still got a bit of momentum to take into Burnley, a bit of confidence. But the fact we're seven unbeaten at home and not really conceding at home either um, might be a good sign. Mm-hmm. The, the form's the definitely thing flipped, to... on it? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are one of the best, obviously, performing teams in the league since Rossini's took over as well. So we have to remember that we're not, you know, obviously where we are on the table right now, on mid-table. Like if we was sort of pushing towards playoffs, we'd probably fancy ourselves more. But if if we, you know, if the table was when Rossini took over, we probably would be, you know, probably around like eight or something. Mm-hmm. Isn't it frustrating uh, though that that we're either really good at home? an awful away or really good away and awful at home yeah been like <laughs> if we that had the last few years really yeah really strange right I'm just I'm just looking at the past 15 games against Burnley we've won mm-hmm. we've won twice yeah so, I know wow. well, we do a win then always been a but we've drawn three three in a row against them so obviously mm-hmm. we drew um, first half of the season and we oh, uh, drew but games as well so when I had a yeah. season pass, Burnley at home always was the one game I contemplated not going to because it would always... Apart from Abel Hernandez when he scored that worldie. Yeah. one for yeah. 0 but... When, when we beat Burnley, we usually get promoted. <laughs> was 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 the mm. was the correlation. Uh, we, we hammered them 3-0 at home, didn't we, under Brownie that season? Um, was it a lovely yeah. Quinn outside of the boot ball uh, goal against them in 2013 as, as well? Yeah, I think. and then 2008 won 2-0, that's when we got promoted. And then, yeah. obviously, Stephen Quinn, 2013, and then 2016, 2015. Yeah, so you heard it here first, we beat Burnley, we're going up. Yeah. Well, I don't think we'll beat Burnley, <laughs> so I think that's going to prove... You know, prove it's 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 it's. They've got to lose at some point. Thing. 
Yeah, they do have to lose at some point, but I don't necessarily think they're going to lose to us on well, that right. Here's the image. So there's there's Ant on the on the left there, and then uh, you know um, our 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 guy uh, Ant uh, two fan on the right. No, that's completely wrong, isn't it? But you know the joke I'm trying to do. <laughs> they look the same. That that uh, that didn't really work. Again, for for listeners, sorry. But uh, it, it was worth it. Um, I guess the other thing to talk about is, I think we mentioned earlier, no changes to commentary then. I think perhaps the only one you could really talk about is maybe Serian because he's, he's you know, such an important player. But, but who do you take out? Because, again, no one really deserves to be dropped. Um, you know, maybe someone's got an injury and that will allow Serian to come in. But really, I think keep the same team. It would be certainly not yeah, to... I don't... I don't think he'll chuck Siri straight into the starting eleven. I think he'll come on in the second half. I think yeah. it would be harsh to drop Simons as well because he's playing really well. I mean, it, if a fully yeah. fit Siri probably starts because as harsh it would be to drop Simons, it's it's a very tough place to go. Um, and, you know, it, it might do him good to have that little break in between and then come back in for Burnley or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> it, it'd be interesting to see what team he plays, obviously, in mind with Burnley on Wednesday. So... I think mm-hmm. he might be tempted to bring Greaves in for this game, you know, for you know the height and set pieces and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I think Greaves could be a shout. Ferelda could be a shout. I mean, it would be quite harsh on Elders. You know, it's not done too bad since coming to the team, but um, I think if you want to, um, obviously from set piece, I think Coventry are quite strong, so that would be a shout. To be fair, it's, it's, yeah. it's obviously sometimes it's harsh, but in tactical decisions, it, it sometimes has to be made, and I, I do think that. With Jokeres being on the pitch, you might want essentially a third centre half on the pitch to help deal with him. Just to um, be him, yeah, 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 because he has been definitely one of the the best strikers this season. Of course, Akpom. It's just annoying seeing Akpom and uh, Forsh just tear it up at Middlesbrough. But uh, other than that, uh, of course, Oscar's been pretty good. But uh, Jokeres is one of the few in the league that's actually scored more than him. Of course. I'd be happy with a, an unchanged lineup because it means long when it gets another game. Anytime we win and he started, that's that's good. That's good because then everyone says, "Oh, you know, he should start the next game because it's part of a, a winning team." So I don't really think there's much else to talk about. It was a really good three points against West Brom, another clean sheet, and uh, you know, defeating that Sky Sports curse just a little bit more. And then uh, going to be two really tough games against Coventry and Burnley. I think maybe two nil nils. I'd be. I mean, I wouldn't be happy with that because I want to want us to score some oh, goals. But I think that. getting some points just on the board, maybe one win, um, you know, maybe, or maybe a, a big shock upset uh, around this time next week would be uh, really great. But uh, I think that's it. Thanks very much for everyone to listen uh, for listening and commenting, and thanks for joining me and and Tom. And we'll be back next week to discuss those two tough games. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.